is a special day because we have a special guest. See how that works? Today we have a retired FBI agent, retired for 15 years now, and he worked with the FBI for 30 years. And his name is Bill Tompkin. How you doing, Bill? Good to see you. All right, Bill, I got to ask you before we begin. You are a essentially a secret agent, an FBI agent, right? Did you like Get Smart when you were young? <laughs> that was a very good show, as a matter of fact. I me. knew you'd like it. It was very funny. Don Adams was very good. Yeah. And your parents probably realized you didn't miss an episode. They're probably thinking, ah, FBI, CIA. Probably one of my early uh, influences was uh, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. For those people who remember that series, the FBI, back in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, there was a couple of them. Yes. Who was your favorite, Jaime or Siegfried? (laughs) (laughs) They were awesome. The the characters were were wonderful, I must say. Well written, well written. So let's begin. Number one question that I have for you is, what is the purpose of the FBI? Why was it originally created? So the Bureau, as uh, we refer to it, was established back in the early 1900s as the investigative arm of the Department of Justice. And it's essentially to uncover security threats within the United States? Well, they really have um, several broad missions in addition to the traditional criminal work. They have an intelligence uh, responsibility, a counterintelligence responsibility. And uh, so they really have a, a wide variety of responsibilities. Now, as you know, some people accuse the FBI of creating security threats. Um, I'm well aware of that, yes. Okay. And we'll get into that. Plenty of questions here. That's fine. I hope we get to them all. That's fine. What type of training does an FBI agent go through? So for many years, our training facility has been located down in Quantico, Virginia, on the Marine Corps base. And that training consists, uh, of course, of federal criminal law, uh, firearms training, uh, physical training. And that runs between 15 and 25 weeks, dependent upon uh, the needs of the Bureau. Is it like a uh, military training where it's, it's grueling and, and physical also, as well as mental? It, it's not quite as, as stringent as military training. It's not a paramilitary. It is not a paramilitary setting. Uh, but um, uh, we obviously have PT and DT, uh, physical training, defensive tactics, and firearms, of course. So what, at what age did you say to yourself, I want to be an FBI guy? What age were you? Uh, probably when I was in college. Okay. That, it was a done deal in your mind that, hey, this is what I want to do. That's, I think, when I first made my initial uh, inquiry, yes. Do they have uh, very high security background checks on you guys? The Bureau does a very thorough uh, pre-employment background investigation, yes. And that includes family, friends, neighborhood, school, Exactly, exactly. And of course, uh, currently... uh, Even your dog or cat, if you have it, they interview them, don't they? I think they do, as a matter of fact. (laughs) (laughs) Now, some say that the FBI is no better than the secret police, keeping the public in line and under control by any means necessary, sometimes working against us more than with us. Well, it's important for all law enforcement agencies and for all intelligence agencies to comply with uh, their federal laws, state laws, uh, to be in compliance with what we call the Attorney General Guidelines. And it's important that, that we are held to that. 
Now, who monitors the FBI, if anybody? Is it an outside agency or is it yourselves? Well, we have internal inspectors, but additionally, uh, the Department of Justice oversees us. And obviously, there is congressional oversight as well. Now, I've heard that the FBI collaborated with Disney and Hollywood in the making of movies in the past and possibly even today in order to control the narrative according to their agenda, uh, whatever that may be. Is that true? What's with that? I don't know about Hollywood specifically, but um, uh, there have been television series over the years uh, with which we have uh, complied. We've worked hand in hand if it was a television series that we felt put us in the best light. Now, do America? Well, I would prefer the honest light, not necessarily the best light, right? Understood. Understood. Okay, and that could be one and the same. Sure. Okay. Now, do American citizens have any type of privacy anymore, or does the FBI have carte blanche in whatever information they desire, according to the Patriot Act and other rules and regulations? Well, I'm going to try to um, uh, distinguish for your listeners uh, truth versus uh, my opinion. And, and presently and going forward, we really have to be concerned about overreach on the part of our law enforcement and our intelligence agencies and that they be compliant with all applicable federal laws and uh, oversight. Yes. Now, what is the FBI not allowed to do? with American citizens. Is there a line in the sand where they can't cross? Well, of, of course, of course. We have to comply with all civil rights laws with the Constitution. And when we step outside of that, we should be held accountable. Can you tap any phone line you choose, for instance, in, in, in it with the citizens? One of the things that really got the, uh, the Bureau jammed up in the 50s and 60s was unlawful wire tra- taps. And uh, presently, uh, and in recent decades, all our wiretaps have to be lawfully approved, uh, either by a federal criminal court or by the FISA court. And that's old school uh, wiretaps. We're talking about phones uh, that transmit through the air. Uh, Does the FBI or CIA just pluck them out of the air? They do not, not without a warrant, not presently. In the past, there were abuses, no question about that. Now, with FBI (laughs) official documents and reports, sometimes they're revealed after the fact, after an investigation. And many times when they do, and when they are released, there's so many redactions there. You know, there's somebody with a big black magic marker crossing out everything and anything, and you could... Per page, you get maybe seven legible words. Everything else is blacked out. Now, is that really for national security, or is the FBI sometimes covering up their tracks on something? Because sometimes it's suspicious to me. Uh, Of course. So um, following uh, the abuses of Watergate, which hopefully some of your listeners remember, which occurred in the 70s, uh, I think that's when the Freedom of Information Act (coughs) was imposed. And uh, the, the public has the right to obtain their FBI files. Now, uh, they did build in waivers and exemptions. And if there are sources or methods which would be compromised through the release of records, then the federal government and the agencies have the lawful authority to redact those particular sources or methods. But sometimes they <laughs> take liberties with that magic marker, don't they? I think there's no question about that. All right. So, so what they may do uh, from time to time is 
additionally cover up, use the Freedom of Information Act, the FOIA, to also cover up things that would be embarrassing to the Bureau. Now, see, now that's interesting, and I'm, I appreciate your honesty there. Uh, how well does the FBI work with other agencies like the CIA and NSA? Do you step on each other's toes from time to time as you cross paths? I think there's no question that in years gone by, excuse me, <clears throat> there's no question in years gone by that there were um, uh, interagency rivalries and jealousies between the FBI, the CIA, the other what are called the alphabet agencies. And as a result of um, probably uh, post-September 11th reforms, there is now mandatory information sharing. So I think relationships are better and, and improved. Now, have you ever heard the speech by President John F. Kennedy, I believe it was in 1961, warning us, even back then, of some of the things we're seeing today in regards to government corruption? I am familiar with that speech. And if you read that speech from 1961, it is is incredibly ominous and, in my opinion, incredibly timely to today's world. We're going to touch on some of the things that he said in that speech. I think every American should know about this. I think most don't. I agree with you. I think it should be read by all Americans. And if anybody wants to give a call and and talk to our guest today, uh, Bill Tompkin, he's a retired FBI agency. He worked 30 years in the force. What do I call it? It's not a force. The Bureau. The Bureau. Okay. I got to get the words right. The Bureau. All right, let's go to John F. Kennedy, as I was saying. Uh, Here's some quotes. I'm just going to go down a couple of them. He says, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. What is he talking about, this secret thing that nobody seems to know about? You know what's incredible to me, Robert, is that quote is from 1961 and how timely it is today. Uh, hopefully uh, many of your listeners are familiar with what's called the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, or the FISA Court. And that is a secret court which authorizes wiretaps and other methods, uh, and that is a secret proceeding. It's been very um, highly criticized in recent years, as in my opinion it should be. It has been abused, and it has not been held accountable, in my opinion. It has been abused, but I think he's talking about other secret societies as well as that one. Let's go to another. Uh, We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweigh the dangers which are cited to justify it. This concealment, again, it reminds me of this, the redaction thing that we talked about earlier. Concealing and hiding truth. My opinion is that in addition to the lawful redactions that uh, federal agencies may, uh, may use to, again, conceal legitimate sources or legitimate methods, they have no question, in my opinion, concealed information that would otherwise have been uh, lawfully revealable but would have been embarrassing and and they have redacted such information president kennedy in his wonderful speech i believe in 1961 uh president john kennedy uh another quote from that great speech he says there is there is very grave danger 
Okay? Grave danger. All our ears should perk up when he says grave danger. He's the president of the United States. He knows what he's talking about. He's from the inside. There is very grave danger that an, that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censure, censure, blah, blah, censorship and concealment. Censorship. They're doing that left and right nowadays. No question about it. And what has happened, in, again, in my opinion, Robert, is following September 11th, uh, with the establishment of the uh, Director of National Intelligence, the Office of the DNI. Um, uh, the federal government has continued to absorb more power and engage in more censorship. And that is danger, the grave danger, as he says. No question about so it. So dangerous. I agree with that. All right, I'm going to give you one more, and then we're going to get to the call. Uh, uh, President Kennedy, he says, No excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up cover up our mistakes or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. And I think that quote is so timely and current. And dangerous. And Once da- again. And, and, and dangerous. And, and you as an FBI agent see it maybe even more so from the inside, don't you? And it is particularly ominous, in my opinion, that not only when the government engages in that, but when the media and uh, the corporate media sector engage in that. They pretty much work hand-in-hand, don't they? Well, apparently they are. Okay. We got a number. uh, We got a phone call. The phone number at uh, Don't Bring Up God. We have an FBI agent with us today. Uh, The phone number is 610-720-7900. We got a call. Who's this? Morning, Robert. Good morning, uh, FBI agent. Yes, his name. What's his name again? I got it written down here somewhere. It's Bill. Bill Tompkin, yes. Good morning. Well, that speech, I believe, uh, was June 4th, 1963. Okay. Uh, Eisenhower. Eisenhower gave that information, handed that information off to JFK, what I've read. And he got shortly shortly killed afterwards, didn't he, then? At 63, he got killed. November 63. Okay. All right. Thanks for that correction. Um, well, Kennedy used to recite a poem in Oval Office, and Carolyn and John Jr. used to hear this poem, and the poem basically was about uh, JFK dying. And so it, the understanding is, is once he gave that speech, making the public aware as the criminality without the ties agencies and politicians and, and the deep swamp, uh, that he probably knew that he was going to be dead for revealing this information. So here's here's some of my questions, and maybe you can piece them all together, Robert, because I know I'm going to be limited. But if I was in the FBI right now, uh, I would reveal the truth. Right now we're watching these B-clowns down in Washington, D.C., lying to their teeth. They're not taking the, uh, what is it, the Fifth Amendment, where if they speak, they incriminate themselves. But you can clearly see that they have sold their souls down there. That's one thing I'd like to stress right there. I, I would reveal the truth, and I wouldn't care if I got fired or not. Be my country and freedom's first before my paycheck and, and my retirement. Yeah, some of these uh, representatives of the CIA and FBI they really do, uh, Bill, I must say. They seem very seedy and untrustworthy, especially in these congressional meetings and hearings. 
Well, go ahead. Let him talk. Stu, let him answer that. So I can only express my opinion, and I'd like to emphasize this. The vast majority of FBI agents present day are honest, hardworking, trustworthy, have integrity. Uh, It is my opinion that the upper echelons, the upper management of the Bureau, have become corrupted and compromised. Uh, Of course, upper management take their orders from the Department of Justice, which, in my opinion, and I think there's evidence to support this, I think the upper echelons of the Department of Justice are also corrupted and compromised. There you go, Stu. He's not disagreeing with you. Any other questions? Oh, yes. Uh, If you're familiar with Ted Gunderson and Boys Town, uh, it's not that this agency or other agencies have just become corrupt. They've been corrupt. They've been corrupt for a long time. They were corrupt after JFK gave that that speech because I believe these alphabetized agencies were Oswalds. It wasn't Oswald that did the shooting, and anybody with a commodity of intelligence would see right through that Warren Khan's mission. Uh, and there again, I would have spoken up because just doing a, a little research and coming from the background that these agencies of supposed intelligence people were in, uh, they would put it together and they'd realize this, this is this is bogus. This is one big lie. What was your, American okay, people. Bill, what was your opinion on the Warren Commission? Was that legit? Well, I think there are still legitimate questions that have remained unanswered uh, in that regard. Go ahead, well, Sue. Uh, there's a lot of unanswered questions to a lot of things all through history. And I, I could spend all day long pointing them out from Sandy Hook to 9-11 to JFK. And now with computers and smartphones, anybody can sit down and piece this together in a matter of minutes. That speech that Kennedy gave made the American people aware that the good are being silenced and not heard. And... Uh, in the dead of night, in the secret uh, societies, and the secret people, which Kennedy wanted to, he wanted to rationalize, he wanted to blow to the wind uh, and get rid of the Dulles brothers and the whole bunch of them, is because they were criminal back then. Okay. And it wasn't just Kennedy. I think Patton realized it also, along with MacArthur. All right, go ahead, Bill. So I'd like to make this point. Uh, particularly moving forward with the advent of artificial intelligence is going to be increasingly difficult and increasingly important to learn to separate fact from fiction. Well, what would the proper response be? What would the proper response be by the FBI if somebody called up after 9-11 and said, look, I saw something, something so off, that mathematically you couldn't put that together again if you tried. Uh, logarithm math would get involved if you tried to put together what I saw. Okay, and if you okay, what, essentially, if you had some information about some kind of situation, a crisis, a catastrophe in any way, there are numbers for the uh, at the FBI where you can call and give this information. What's the protocol for digesting these these? Um, citizen inputs on, hey, I saw this, it really needs to be checked out, and uh, please answer that, and in the meantime, thanks for the call, Stu. 
Okay. Go ahead. So, of course, they have an 800 number hotline. Uh, sometimes that number gets overwhelmed. Sometimes important calls are uh, mishandled or unaddressed or underaddressed. But with regard to September 11th, and they certainly kept a tabulation of this, I don't know how many tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of leads we covered post-September 11th, but each and every lead was uh, tabulated and tracked and resolved. So physically, it's hard to get, it's hard to address properly maybe these tens of thousands of inquiries. Sometimes they get brushed under the carpet or just ignored, and maybe they really did see something, these, these citizens, but sometimes because of sheer numbers, it's not addressed properly. And I agree with that. Sometimes uh, uh, callers' information, again, goes unaddressed or underaddressed and falls through the cracks and tragedies result, and that has happened. And there are numbers that, um, that you can call to report things. Do you know yes, that number yes. offhand? Not off the top of my okay. head. I'm sorry. All right. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I mean, the people are on the ground. They see sometimes more than possibly agents. I mean, you never know. Of, of course. Of course. There's a lot more people than agents. Uh, of course. Okay. All right. Another quote from Kennedy. In 1963, before he was murdered, uh, he said, For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. Now, he used that word way back then. A monolithic, to me, means a one-world order, and a ruthless conspiracy. This isn't some schmo saying this. It's the President of the United States from the inside. So, man, our ears should be perking up at this. A monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltrating instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. Ruthless conspiracy. Well, I hate to be repetitive to your audience, but again, it's such a timely um comment that is so applicable to today's world. Uh, I think there are certainly evidence that what he said 60 years ago is true today. So if John F. Kennedy used the word conspiracy, I don't think when your average citizen uses that word, they should be frowned upon, laughed at, and mocked like many times we are. No, I agree with that. Uh, and Kennedy knew of what he spoke. Exactly. And you mentioned his speechwriter was amazing, too. Uh, his, speech, his primary speechwriter was a guy named Ted Sorensen, a, a brilliant guy, a guy that uh, JFK depended upon, and a guy, again, who showed incredible foresight in this particular speech. Another quote from that speech, he said, It is a system which has cons conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, Highly efficient machine. Again, I'm thinking one world order stuff here. And he says that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. This thing, this conspiracy thing that he's referring to isn't just the Department of Justice or little things here and there. If this is like, sounds like a worldwide problem we got here on our hands. Well... There's no question in my mind, Robert, that what we've seen in recent years, and I think there's evidence to this effect, that we've seen a conspiracy between some government intelligence 
and law enforcement agencies, along with corporate media and along with high-tech industry, to quash uh, uh, the public and to censor the public. And there's growing evidence to that effect. I mean, listening to Kennedy, the first thing I think about is there should be no such thing as conspiracy nuts and nutcases that just discard it. It should be all considered conspiracy truth. I got Bill Tompkin on with me today, this morning, for the entire hour. He's been an FBI agent for 30 years, and he's been retired for 15. 30 years in the FBI. So I think he knows a lot more than your average Joe, wouldn't you say? And I need to get through these Kennedy quotes. There's just a couple more. And caller, you're on the line. I'm going to get to you right after this. Kennedy, in 1963, before he was killed, he had this beautiful speech warning all of us, and it applies today. He said, it's preparations are concealed, not published. It's mistakes. And this is basically the new world order that I'm thinking that I, that I, that I interpret as today. And he talked about it in phases years ago, maybe not this blown up as it is today. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned. No rumor is printed. No secret is revealed. Man, I don't like these words that he's using and describing what's out there. He's warning us, isn't he? His ability and Ted Sorensen's ability to see the future is, was phenomenal. Here's, here's one last one. From security comes understanding. And from that, understanding comes support or opposition. And both are necessary especially in today's society. The opposition is censored, called nuts, and sometimes imprisoned or worse. But both are necessary, according to John F. Kennedy. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help and the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. Informing and alerting the American people. I think American people are being conned for years now. So, uh, for those members of your audience who remember the Watergate scandal, which I remember clearly from the uh, mid-70s, uh, that was largely broken open by the Washington Post. And Woodward and Bernstein were the, were the journalists who pursued that and really broke that story open. And I think what we've seen now, since many media outlets have aligned themselves with one ideology or another, we are not seeing open, honest, investigative journalism as I think the American people are entitled to see. Now, Kennedy was killed in 1963. Some say he was silenced. Now, Bill, in your mind, did the FBI, headed by George Bush Sr. or the mafia, have anything to do with that murder? Well, I think that's unlikely. Uh, the FBI, uh, I think... Uh, uh, stridently pursued that investigation. Again, as I mentioned earlier, there are still uh, unanswered questions in my mind, uh, but, but uh, uh, it's so murky because uh, Lee Harvey Oswald uh, had prior CIA ties. He had uh, Russian KGB ties. He had ties to the Cubans. Uh, very, very murky background. So I think there are legitimate questions. And I think the public, public, frankly, should be entitled to see all the agency files after 60 years has passed. Have you heard the accusations that many witnesses of the Kennedy assassination mysteriously died within four years, implying foul play? I, I never heard that. No, I'm sorry. 
Okay, we got a call at 610-720-7900. Who's this? Oh, this is Ron. Good morning. Okay, what's up? Uh, the 9-11 conspiracy. The Clinton administration knew these people that were going to flight school that were going to run into the towers. They knew it. They gave the information to the Bush administration, and they never did anything about it. Maybe he can explain that. Go ahead, Bill. What's your opinion on that? So I think one thing that's been shown, uh, Robert, and to your audience is um, there was what's called a stove piping of information pre-September 11th, where certain agencies, certain agencies had had a piece of the puzzle, uh, whether CIA or NSA, uh, the FBI, the Department of Defense. I think uh, various federal agencies had a piece of the puzzle, but they failed to connect those pieces. And in some cases, there were restrictions with regard to information sharing, and that served as a detriment to a, a, a pre-September 11th um, information sharing. We got another call at 610-720-7900. Who's this? Steven. What's up? I got a question about Bluffdale, Utah Data Center. It's like five zeta bytes. What, what would you say is stored there? I'm sorry, sir. I'm just not familiar with that. I'm I'm just uh, at a loss. I think okay, some people think that you're because you're an FBI guy. You know everything that's going <laughs> no. on in the government, and 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 that's just not the case. First of all, I'm retired 15 years, and secondly, you know I had a top secret clearance, but I didn't have the highest level clearance, and that's not something that I would have had access to. Okay. Okay, just a heads up on that. Uh, basically, every email you sent, every text you sent for the last since 1994 is stored there. It's like one trillion CD-ROMs. It's like a million square feet. It's not the biggest one in the world. The Chinese just got the biggest one in the world now. My concern is they also get information like metadata, like from your movements with your cell phone. We may not be able to intercept it legally for the FBI in the United States, but we use Pine Gap in Australia, and there's one in England, too, that shares that information with the FBI and CIA. So essentially, Bill, are we being watched in every move we make? My response to your listener would be this. Certainly the National Security Agency uh, captures electronic data around the globe. Uh, there's no question about that. And, and reportedly, abuses have occurred in that regard. Uh, additionally, um, uh, high-tech corporations also capture data around the world and know a great deal about each individual. And that really needs to um, require serious oversight and serious accountability with regard to corporate and private sector retention of personal information. I don't think we have privacy anymore. I agree with that. All right. I appreciate your honesty, Bill, by the way. Certainly. Uh, is Edward Snowden, formerly of the NSA, uh, who supposedly threatened national security, in your mind, is he a hero or a traitor? You know, it, it's a great question, and my response would be this. Uh, did American military personnel lose their lives? Did, uh, were American military operations compromised as a result of information he leaked? And if that's the case, then he's a traitor. Okay. On, the, on the other hand, on the other hand, if he revealed uh, illegal operations 
illegal, illegal government uh, methods and sources, uh, then he could be viewed as a hero. So it really go to what was the result of what he did and, and what, what did he do that violated federal law. And you're not aware, and I don't think it's clear, that he jeopardized national security or anybody or anything or in any way. Yeah, I, I just don't know enough about that particular case to answer that intelligently. But again, if military personnel and operations were compromised, then he needs to be held accountable. But I've listened to that guy. I like him. And if I had a guess and, and surmise, I'm thinking he's more of a brave courageous hero than the the criminal they make him out to be so my recommendation would be that he return to the united states and and face justice and go on trial and, and face let, justice with our system as it is today well, let's let's hope that we still have a justice system that he can get a fair trial that he's entitled to and that his side could be aired i think he'd be buried well and he may well be yeah it, it really goes to what did he reveal all right we got a call at 610-720-7900. Who's this? This is Paul. Go ahead. Good morning, Rob. Bill. Good hey, morning. Um, that, was, that was a good comment on this last one. You know, how does anybody get anything fair anymore? You know, the trust in our corrupt leadership, AG, media, FBI, and on and on has been diminished. We, you don't know what to believe anymore, not even what you see or what you, what you read. How do we get the trust, the people's trust, into those agencies again? It, it almost seems like we've got to clean everything up and start all over. And then how do we get people engaged, you know, people that are so disgusted with the whole system? I mean, you look at, you look at January 6th. How about Miss Babbitt? Where does she get her? When does she get her justice? And then you spin it and you look at the BLM, you know, all the riots, all the destruction and the killing there, and we just kind of like blow that off. Or how about Trump being wiretapped? It goes on and on and on. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty optimistic with things, but I'm becoming pessimistic. I don't know. I don't know how we stop this thing, Bill Iran. Great questions. Thanks for the call, Bill. I, I agree. I think it is a great question, and I'd like to offer this opinion. What Washington fails to recognize, in my opinion, is is that. Uh, um, the American citizens, the public, need to know that the laws are applied equally and that people are held accountable. Where the media, where the corporate sector put their fingers on the scale of justice, where there's a public perception that there's a biased prosecution or no prosecution in cases where apparent illegalities occurred, uh, this is a real disservice and further uh, further uh, incites division, in my opinion. So we need to see uh, equal application and accountability on both sides of the scale. Bill Tompkin is with us. He's a former FBI agent of 30 years. Hey, what about years ago, the Trump-Russian collusion thing? Oh, excuse me. All the accusations in the trial, that bogus dossier with Mueller, Comey, McCabe, Peter Strzok, who was on the stand, and he looked like a demon. His face looked like it turned into a demon when he got angry, when he was pinned down with questions. And, and, and Director Ray, all these guys that we see from the FBI, I got to tell you, to me, they're deceptive frauds, and it's not a good representation of the FBI. I think it's obvious. That goes back to my previous response. 
where federal agents, federal prosecutors, and others uh, were not held accountable. They need to be held accountable, and the American public needs to see that. But by who? They they own the Justice Department. They're not going to put themselves in jail. There's nobody above them to keep them in line. And, And I agree with that, and that's where an open and honest media factors in. Did the FBI come up with the word conspiracy theory? Uh, I, I heard that they did just to discourage people that that speak the truth. I don't know the origin of that. Uh, I really don't. But where they pushed conspiracy theories without evidence that, then they should be held accountable as well. Has the FBI ever been involved with mind control like this MK Ultra thing, or was that the CIA? So uh, I'm aware that uh, the CIA uh, in years gone by has engaged in mind control. I'm aware of that, and that's pretty well documented. Pretty dangerous. Oh, my God, yes. And not a good thing. Who no. gives them license to do these things? Well, they had carte blanche. Yeah. They did have carte blanche. I don't blanche. like that word, and they still do. We're here today with Bill Tompkin, former FBI agent. He's retired 15 years, worked at the Bureau for 30 years. If you have any questions, call 610 610- 720-7900. Real quick, I want to run down these questions and just respond. Is there research and experimentation going on with aliens with their spacecrafts at Area 51? Uh, very uh, interesting and timely, Robert. You know, as your audience is presumably aware, there's recent congressional sworn testimony by current or former Department of Defense employees that we have been visited. Uh, that there's a physical evidence to that effect, that there were some reported remains of non-human life. Uh, Again, that's sworn congressional testimony. To the extent that that is factual, I can't answer that, but it is on the record. When Kennedy was referring to secret societies, was was he referring to the Freemasons and the Illuminati? I don't know that factually, but uh, I don't think that would be a stretch. Do you, much, do you know much about the Freemasons and the Illuminati? I do not know. I'm sorry. Are human beings and the land being poisoned by chemtrails, spraying things from airplanes at 30,000 feet? Uh, as we all know, is nothing new. It ha- has happened before. Uh, Vietnam is an example. But are they spraying us, especially with aluminum or, or anything, from the skies above? Well, I think there's no question there's been environmental pollution and resulting health consequences. I I can't say that it's being done intentionally or knowingly. Can people control the weather all over the world using that HARP uh, system and machinery that they have and other technologies that we don't even know about? I I have read that the Chinese were working toward that end. I don't know where that stands, but I I have read that. What about us? Not to my knowledge. I like how we blame China and Russia for everything. And where are the good schoolboy that listens and obeys and does the right thing? Do you you believe uh, that? uh, I don't believe that. Well, I think we're not all good schoolboys. That's for sure. We got got another call at 610-720-7900. Who's this? Hey, how's it going? What's up? Hey, I was going to say, uh, ask your guest, have you ever heard of a... A quote by a Woodrow Wilson: there, "There is a there is a power in this country that's so secretive, so so powerful, so discreet that nobody speaks a, a, a word against them." I mean, it, it started with Woodrow Wilson. He was ta- he's talking about conspiracies, and uh, there's a power uh, so great. Uh, I wonder if you ever heard of it. And, yeah, and, and and these presidents talk about this kind of thing. It's nothing new, Bill. Well. 
my response would be this. I think there are corrupt and compromised government officials and government agencies. Maybe presidents? Perhaps. I think there are corrupt and compromised corporate officials as well as media officials. And, and I think that there are uh, evil forces out there. And I don't necessarily mean that in a religious sense, but there's always been evil. Uh, it, it permeates uh, every country. Uh, evil exists. And, and that's the bottom line. And I think we're seeing that presently. So I think there are dark forces, not necessarily in a demonic sense, but forces in all sectors that are corrupt and compromised. Enemies from within. Yes, I think that's uh, I think that's legitimate. Yes. What else, Barry? Well, did, did anybody say anything corrupt to him? Your, your guest there, Bill. Did anybody personally say anything to him? No, I, I can't say that. And and to tell you the truth, uh, over my career, the FBI does have uh, some bad apples, but to a great extent, you can trust the men and women you work with. Uh, you have to sort out the bad apples, and and to a great extent, you um, uh, you, can, you have uh, faith uh, and integrity in your coworkers. Uh, that's not to say we don't have bad apples, because we certainly have had them. But to uh, they often get rooted out. And we recently had a former high-ranking FBI official in New York. His name is McGonigal who has been indicted and has entered a plea, is about to enter a plea, and he allegedly was being paid off by a Russian oligarch. So we do have those bad apples. And but, there's bad apples in everything, even in course. radio, like the board guy. Uh, oh, uh, sorry, uh, board guy. Apparently. All right, anything else, Barry? Yeah, I was going to say, the, uh, uh, you're talking about the CIA. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, e. Howard Hunt. He had a son by the name of St. John Hunt. He said he, he, he testified that on his deathbed, that his father admitted that the CIA had a, had a had a hand in the Kennedy assassination. What's your response, Bill? Thanks for the call. You know, it's one thing, and we really need to be careful as a culture, as a country moving forward. We need to be careful. You know, um, it's one thing to make an allegation, but when an allegation is made, there has to be at least some degree of evidence uh, to support that allegation. You must admit, though, that's a pretty good source. Well, understood. Um, but but uh, we, we can't get to the point, and I think we're seeing this presently, where allegations are being made. I think, uh, let's just cite the uh, Russian uh, P dossier. Uh, there was no basis for that. So people who initiated that, people who pushed that, people who swore to it, those people need to be identified and held accountable. Which will never happen. Wasn't that Hillary Clinton? Reportedly. Okay. Has there ever been something that the CIA or the FBI did that made you question their motives or, or made you question the validity of some event as what may have been reported as happening didn't really happen? Well, I think the Crossfire Hurricane investigation makes your point. There apparently was no basis for a Crossfire Hurricane uh, it resulted in congressional investigations, an extensive FBI investigation, uh, expansive media reporting for several years, and uh, bottom line, there was no basis for that investigation. So you're not blind, but at the same time, you didn't necessarily see something that would, that would make you question the Bureau and what you're doing, and maybe even quit like some uh, soldiers and policemen decide to do. 
and and foregoing their great pensions. They get out of it because they see the corruptions. You never saw that. So uh, recently, as your audience is presumably aware, there have been uh, FBI whistleblowers come forward, IRS whistleblowers come forward. I have a great admiration for those people uh, if they're telling the truth, and they should be uh, uh, recognized and applauded. Uh, we have to ensure that whistleblowers are telling uh, factual truth. And so it's critical. Do we actually need all or some or none of the FBI, CIA, and NSA agencies, the alphabet? I mean, do we, do we need these? We really need to be cautious uh, that, that the intelligence agencies, um, the law enforcement community, uh, don't have too much overreach don't have too much power, that they are appropriately constrained. But uh, I'll go back to September 11th. We, we saw on September 11th, as we saw in Pearl Harbor uh, and elsewhere, what happens when, when uh, the intelligence agencies are not doing their job, when they're not on top of things. We live in a dangerous world, in an increasingly dangerous world. So we need those agencies, but we need them to be constrained, and we need them to be held accountable when necessary. You mentioned Pearl Harbor. To me, Pearl Harbor was something that they uh, knew about, let happen to incite war to get the people on their side, just like 9-11. Maybe they didn't necessarily plan it, although there's evidence that they might have, or they at least knew about it to incite people to go to war. I still see, I still remember George Bush at Ground Zero, cute little superficial name for Ground Zero and, and what happened. I still remember him basically saying, yeah, whoever did this, we're going to go get them and kill them. Let's go. And everybody's cheering. And I'm thinking, what is this, a high school pep rally? That, that's no way to behave. You know, if, if we can show that any government officials, any government agencies in our government or any allied governments had prior knowledge, that they, in, in my opinion, should be drawn and quartered. I heard many times now that the paying of income tax is unconstitutional, that there's no law that says we need to pay it. You ever hear that? Uh, I'll defer to my IRS counterparts on that, Robert. Thank <laughs> okay, you. Okay, I just had to throw that in. Yeah. And what about the idea that billionaires and trillionaire families like the Rothschilds and Rockefellers control all governments throughout the world, including agencies like the FBI, CIA, and NSA? And, you know, with the congressional hearings and the track record, you can't, you can't just throw that away as nonsense talk and a conspiracy again. I think it's, it, there's a lot of conspiracy truth to that idea. So as one example, Robert, and your listeners can look this up. This is all publicly available. You know, the first time that Jeffrey Epstein was charged, he was charged with uh, uh, child uh, exploitation, I believe, down in Miami. He got slapped on the wrist and was treated very, very lightly. I strongly suspect that that was due to political connections uh, and political contributions. Uh, years passed. The abuse continued at his island. Uh, off the coast down in the uh, Caribbean, and, and we saw what happened years later, fast forward. So uh, do uh, people with money, people with connections, people who make contributions get treated lightly? Uh, obviously, they do in some cases. That Epstein dude connected with Mossad? I don't know. Very, very murky allegations, again, that he had CIA connections, that he had Mossad connections, that he had many connections around the world. Very murky. It really should be sorted out. 
but he, he ran uh, with the one percenters. He was very, very well connected. Um, so uh, I suspect that uh, if hell exists, uh, he is there at this moment. Although I think he's still alive in the Bahamas somewhere. Well, I don't, Seriously. I, I don't know about that, but I think they found a corpse in his jail cell. Yeah. Uh, th- that don't mean much. I mean, I, I don't. I, again, the cameras happen to be off when this happened. Right there, huge red flag. Something underhanded is going on. So uh, I suspect, and this is my personal opinion, that his um, his aide, we'll call her. Actually, she was a pimp. Was uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, I suspect that if she were to open her uh, mouth and speak of what she knows. And a lot of people in this country and overseas would be sweating. Her father, I believe, was connected into some dastardly deeds and operations, wasn't he? I think he was a media magnate in the United Kingdom. I think she comes from money, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you investigate these people just a little bit. You see that they're connected, their fathers and grandparents. They're involved in something kind of shady. Oftentimes. Often, I don't know a great deal about her father, but I know that she comes from wealth. With the presidential elections right around the corner, going to be here before we know it. Are presidential elections fixed? To the extent, and I think this has now been fairly well documented, to the extent that uh, the FBI, the Department of Justice, other federal agencies put their fingers on the scale in any election, they need to be held accountable. That needs to be prevented, and people who engage in that really need to be prosecuted. Okay, last words to the audience. we got to go. It's like 30 seconds. So I would simply say that uh, it's one thing to make an allegation, but allegations need to be substantiated, and they need to be proven. All right. Thank you, Bill Tompkin, FBI agent. Uh, This was different. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Take care. All roads lead back to God. Tyler, we love you. We'll see you again. W-A-E-B, Allentown. Listen on your free iHeartRadio app for all your music, radio, and podcasts.